You're listening to the weekly Parsha podcast with Ari Goldwag, recorded with Hashem's never-ending assistance in Ramah B'Shem Israel 5782, 2022. This week's Parsha in Chutzlarz is Parsha's Chukas, and in Eretz Yisrael, it's Parsha's Bolak. And, as I mentioned every year, Parsha's Bolak is an exciting time for me because it's the completion of a full round of the entire Torah. I started 15 years ago with Parsha's Pinchas. Each time I get to Bolak, it's an exciting time for me. 15 years of the Parsha podcast. And as I do ask, as I've asked last week and in previous years, visit AriGoldweg.com, click on the donate button, and help this podcast to continue. And also help that the camera that you're watching this video on, if you're watching the video, um, it was recently repaired. It was an expensive repair. Hashem, over $400 has come in to help out with that repair. You have a schus in the video, in the podcast. If you indeed do take part at this time, of course, it's a schus at any time. And if you want to dedicate it to somebody, a loved one, uh, in honor of somebody, in memory of somebody, you're welcome to do so. And this week, I'd like to share with you a thought that's really quite amazing, connected to Parsha Schukas in the battle of Moshe Rabbeinu, the Jewish people, with Og, Melech Abashan, and Sichon, what was unique and special about the approach of Moshe Rabbeinu in his battle to, uh, with Og, and also looking carefully at Bilam, Bilam HaRosh, it's very interesting, we call him and we refer to him as somebody who is very evil. And the way the Rashi speaks about him is indeed in the Midrashim, is very strong. And the Ramban has a very nuanced approach to Bilam. And I'd like to share with you a little bit of that nuanced approach. And we can see the difference between the way that Bilam thinks and the way that he approaches things, as opposed to Lahavda, the way Moshe Rabbeinu approaches the battle that he's about to face with Og. And we'll see a very powerful idea, which will connect the two Parshias and will help those in Chutzlar, it's outside of Israel, and those within Israel, be connected through the Parsha, through this Dvar Torah. So I'd like to start first with the Medrash, as I usually do. The Medrash in Parsha's Chukas says some very interesting things, which when we read them, we need to understand what's going on, we need to understand the depth of it. Bezrat Hashem, with Hashem's help, we will. Vayifnu Vayalu, the Medrash starts off telling us something which doesn't seem so relevant, but perhaps if we think about it a little bit deeply, we'll understand the depth of it. Vayifnu vaya'alu, in referring to the fact that the Jewish people completed their war with Sichon, and then went on to war with Og, Melech Abashan, this great giant who they were able to vanquish as well. So it says, Vayifnu vaya'alu, which means they turned and they went up. Now the Medrash wants to understand what is this language of Vayifnu Vayalu, why did they turn and go up? What is this language? The Medrash says that there are those who say that the war that the Jewish people waged with Sichon was in the month of Elul. Elul is coming up after Av. It's only about a month and a half away. A month and three quarters away. The month of El, which precedes the month of Tishrei, which precedes the month of Sukkot and Rosh Hashanah, etc. 
so that was the month when they battled with Sichon. The measure says they continued through the year. They kept the Chag in Tishrei. This means they went through Sukkot. And after Sukkot was over, that was when they battled with Og. Very interesting. Where does the Medrash get this from? How does the Medrash know this? Well, as the Mephoshim explained, Aaron Akoyan died at the beginning of Av, Rosh Chodesh Av. A month later, they finished their Bechia, they're crying for him. So, at the beginning of El was when they spent, they went on with the war with Sichon. Okay? But they couldn't battle during during the month of Tishrei because of the Chag. That's the Pashas, the Pashab Shad, the simple understanding. They waited until after Sukkot, and then they battled with Og. Says the Medrash, we can actually figure this out from the language. It says, They turned and they went up. So there's a concept of going up and a concept of turning in regards to the Chag, in regards to when we have Sukkot, we're, we're obligated to be Oila, to come up to Yerushalayim, to Jerusalem. And then after the Chag is finished, we're supposed to wait there in Jerusalem. We're supposed to spend our Chag in Yerushalayim. And then we turn and we go. So, from the fact that it uses similar language, similar concepts in regards to the battle with Og, this teaches us that it occurred immediately after Chag, immediately after Sukkot. That's when this great battle of Og occurred. And I want to understand, what is the significance of it? Besides the fact that it sounds like they took off for, for Yontif, they didn't want to be involved in wars during Yontif. Like, what is the idea behind it? Why is the, why is the Medrash telling us this point? And, and especially as we read the Medrash, as it continues, it doesn't seem so related to what happens afterwards. But as I understand, I believe it's very much related. Medrash continues. So hold on to that question. Let's, let's continue reading. Og comes out. The king of Bashan comes out. Says the Medrash something very interesting. If if the Jews would have had to run after and gone into the lands of their enemies, into Sichon's land, into Og's land, so then it would have been a much more difficult war. But what Hashem did was Hashem brought them out, brought out Sichon from his place, brought out Og from his place. All these people came Likrat. Yisrael. They came to greet, so to speak, the Jewish people. They came out in battle. And it made it easier for the Jewish people to be able to, to overcome them. This is in itself was an incredible Hashkach HaPratis. Marashashiva talks about it. Rabbi Per talks about it. It was because of the fact that something that seemed bad to the Jewish people, that Edom didn't let them go through their land, but it emboldened and emboldened Sichon and, and Og to come out against the Jewish people from the fact that the Jewish people balked when the Edomites wouldn't let them through their land. It emboldened them, but it enabled the Jewish people to be able to overcome these enemies in an easier way. Zesh Amar Hakasav. Okay, I'm sorry, I skipped. Vayemar Shamilov says the Medrash the next point, which is very important, and this is the center of what I want to talk about. Hashem says to Moshe, don't be afraid of Og. I have already given him over into your hands. You've got this. I'm, I'm behind you. I'm with you. You don't have to be afraid of Og. 
So this is central. What, it, what was Moshe Rabbeinu afraid of? What did Hashem have to, um, uh, what did Hashem have to inspire him not to be worried about? Why did he need encouragement? So Medrash says like this, the verse tells us that it is a praiseworthy thing for a person to be constantly afraid. What does it mean to be afraid? It means to be worried that perhaps I did something wrong and I don't have the merit to, to be able to receive the blessings that God wants to give me. This is the, the attribute of the righteous. Even though HaKadosh Baruch Hu promises them, it's going to be good. You're going to have what you need. I'm going to take care of you. I'm going to protect you. Hashem made that promise, but the tzaddikim, the righteous ones, they're nervous. Now, this is not a bad nervousness. They're afraid that perhaps they've done something, they may have done something, that they shouldn't, that they, that they don't deserve it. We find this is true by Yaakov Avinu. Jacob was concerned. He was afraid. When he, when Asaph came out to battle with him. Yaakov was afraid. Maybe, maybe I was dirty with some sin. Maybe I did something wrong. And because of that, I'm not coming in clean with God. And because of that, maybe Yaakov will not protect me at the same level. Maybe I won't be able to merit a miracle. Moshe Rabbeinu also, just like his great-great-grandfather, Yaakov Avinu, had this, this, this fear, this justified fear, this spiritual fear, this spiritual approach. He was afraid. Perhaps the Jewish people, when we were involved in that battle with Sichon, perhaps the Jewish people benefited from something they shouldn't have. Perhaps they did some sin that they shouldn't have done. Hashem reassures him, don't be afraid, don't have to worry about it. Okay? Now, the Medrash, so first of all, first point, such an important point. Moshe Rabbeinu coming into battle is afraid, is nervous, perhaps I've done something wrong, I don't have the merit. Second of all, and this is more famous, the, the more famous issue is, the second point of the Medrash, why was Moshe afraid? Amar Ani ben Meves Mishona. He said, I'm 120 years old. It's a long life. Vizeyos Mechamish Meyos. Og Melachabashim was over 500 years old, says the Medrash. Ilule Shahoyulas Chus, Lechayakalashonam Ha'elu. If not for the fact that he had had some merit, he wouldn't have lived this long. The Rabban brings this Medrash, brings the idea that, and Rashi brings this idea that Moshe was afraid. Og had hundreds of years earlier, nearly 500 years earlier, he had brought the information to Avram Avinu, to Abraham, to tell him that his nephew Lot had been captured in the War of the Four and the Five Kings. Og had ulterior motives. He wanted Avram to get killed in the war so that he would be able to marry Sarah. But nevertheless, he had a, he had a merit. He had told Avram about this, and indeed... Abraham went, Avram Avinu went, and he battled the four and the five kings, and he brought back Lot, he brought back the Rechush, he brought back all the people to Sodom. Who informed him? Who had the merit of informing Avram Avinu? Even though he had ulterior motives, it was 
the same person, Ogmel Chaboshon. So Moshe was concerned that merit that he had, perhaps it's going to stand for him. Omer like Kodesh Baruch Hu. Hashem says, Al Tirai say, don't worry, I have given him into your hands. Even though, indeed, he had a merit from your great-great-grandfather, you should know that he, because of, as the Ramban points out, because of his bad intent, because his intent was that Avram Avinu should get killed in the war so he could marry Sarah, the bad intent took away the merit and ultimately Og would fall. He would fall in the hands of the great-great-grandchildren of Avram and Sarah. He would fall by the sword to the Jewish people. So Moshe did not need to worry. So two things that he was worried about. One was that the Jewish people didn't have the merit. And number two was that his enemy perhaps had a merit. That was his concern. And I'd like to just read the end of the Medrash because you know I always like to talk about Mashiach. When it came to the battles of the Jewish people and the nations of the world, so the battles happened slowly, slowly. First they killed Sichon, then they killed Og, then over the next seven years of Kibbutz it took a long time, seven years, a long time, to capture the land of Israel, and even, even those battles didn't complete the job. So that's how it was in those times. It takes, it, it was done in a short amount of time. says the Medrash, when it comes to the future time, God promises that the Umay Sa'ilma will be destroyed in a moment, at one time. It's not going to be a tahalich, it's not going to be a process. Brings a verse in Isaiah chapter 33, verse 12. It speaks about how the nations, they will be destroyed in fire, they'll go up in smoke, they'll go up in flames. When Kodesh Baruch Hu wants to bring the salvation to the Jewish people, so the destruction of the, the Umm Sa'ilam is not going to be something that takes very much time. It's going to be something that occurs in a very quick moment, perhaps we could say. That's what the Medrash says. Okay, so now let's go back, and we'll also, we're going to go back over the Medrash, and we're going to go forward to Bilam and, tr- and try to see something very interesting about his approach and his mistake and how that relates to the contra, the contrast to, to, to Moshe Rabbeinu. What we see from Moshe is that when it came to battle, when it came to facing off, bringing the Jewish people into the land of Israel, helping them face off with their enemies. So we're at a pivotal point in time. We're at a point which is Geula, the Jewish people's redemption. Left, they left, the exodus happened 40 years before, but now they're entering into the land of Israel. This is an incredible moment, a turnover moment in history, Jewish people coming in, they're going to take over the land, they're going to destroy all the idols, and be an example of a nation that that worships Hashem, exclusively worships God. This moment in time is a pivotal moment, it's an explosive moment, it's a moment of a war, it's a moment of things changing, and Moshe Rabbeinu knows that in order to go into a time of war, in order to go into a moment of judgment, a moment where things are switching over into a new reality. So you have to face that with a merit. You have to be much more pure. You have to be on a higher level. You have to be in a place, even even though Hashem made a promise, Hashem promised He's going to protect Yaakov Avinu. Still, 
He knew he's coming into a battle with Esav. It's a pivotal moment. He's coming in also. It was a moment. Jacob also was coming into the land of Israel with the, the fledgling Jewish people, with the 12 tribes, his 12 sons. At that moment, when you're coming in, you have to watch out. You got to be worried. Maybe I've done something wrong. I got to be mafashvish. I have to look around, look at myself. I need the assurance from HaKadosh Baruch Hu that indeed, I'm okay. That I'm clean. And if I'm not clean, I better get clean. Right? I have to do tshuva for my averse in this type of time. And I think it could be that that explains Moshe Rabbeinu's concern, of course. But also, the first part of the measure which says that they battled them, why did they battle Sichon, why did they battle immediately after Aaron Akoyan dies? Why did they battle Og immediately after Sukkot? And I think that it could be the Pshat is, the understanding is that when a, first, when a Tzadik dies, and the Jewish people cry for him for 30 days, that's an incredible schus for them. It's an incredible merit. They appreciate what a Tzadik is. They appreciate what a righteous individual is. That's the moment that they can go into battle. That, that moment, they've, they've cleansed themselves. The, the tzaddik is mechaper. There's a, an atonement that happens when a, when a righteous person dies. They're in a skaper. They can walk into a battle. Now they want to walk into the next battle. Wait, hold on a second. We need more merits. Let's have a chag. Let's have a regal. Let's have a sukkah. We're going to shake the lulav. We're going to sit in our sukkahs. We're going to bring our karbonis in the mishkan. We're going to bring the sacrifices which are special sacrifices, the Shivim Parim, we're going to bring the, bring the sacrifices which represent the diminution of the nations of the world. And we're going to bring that one power which represents the Jewish people on the last day of Sukkot. Then, at that moment, that's when, says the Medrash, they went and they battled with Og. Why? Because that's when they have these merits. They have their purification. That's when the war happens. The war happens right after Sukkot. That's when it happens. And it represents to us and teaches us when we're going into a battle, when we're, when we're entering a new phase, which I believe is going to be very soon as far as our personal the times that we're in, the momentous times that we're in, and the advent of Mashiach, which I believe is going to be very soon. But as we walk into that time and we face off with the, the, the fires of destruction that that the, the Pasuk tells us, that the Medrash told us about, we have to be sure that we are clean, that we clean ourselves off and we have the merits. And we take the opportunities. Sadly, so sadly, so many great tzaddikim have died and passed on from the world very recently. But this is an opportunity for us to learn from them, to, to see what were their things, what were their actions, what were they good at, what special things did they bring to Kalah Yisrael, what can we learn from it, just like they did. Just like when Aaron died, they cried for him for 30 days. What do you think they were crying about? What a loss. He ran after peace. He loved peace. He helped us to do the right thing. He was our, our benefactor. He was the one who connected us to, to heaven through his avoid in the Mishkan. We learn from that. But we also take with us, we need to, to find all the merits that we can. We need to be clean of various of sins, and we need to be looking for opportunities for mitzvahs, for for commandments to fulfill of Hashem, whether it's chesed, whether it's kindness, whether it's tzedakah, charity, whether it's Torah learning, whether it's binad on the all the places that we have to work, and there's so many places that we need to work. I want to bring us now for a moment 
to Bilam. And I want to tell you something that the Ramban says. The Ramban tells us, in, in talking about Bilam, he says it's very hard to understand. Rashi has a certain approach. Hashem, the Ramban doesn't want to go with Rashi's approach. He has his own approach. Hashem says to Bilam, and, and Bilam reports this back to the shluchim, to the, to the messengers of, of Balak, who wants him to go and curse the Jewish people. Right, they're afraid Jewish people are going to come in and just eat them up, eat them up alive. Bilam, he says, look, I, I can't come with you. God said to me, and he had a real connection to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, to Hashem. God said to me, I can't, I can't curse them. They're blessed. I can't curse them. So, Bullock thinks, you know, he's just, you know, pushing him away because he didn't honor him enough. So he sends him another set of, of, uh, of shluchim, of agents, to try to bring him. And now, Hashem says to him, you're not going to be able to curse the Jewish people. But Hashem gets angry at him that he goes. Why does Hashem... And he says you can go with them. Hashem says you can go with them, but don't... But you can't curse the Jewish people. You're not going to be able to. You're going to bless them, as I say. But why does Hashem get angry? So Rashi has a particular pshat, but the Ramban doesn't want to learn like that pshat, because it doesn't sound right that HaKadosh Baruch Hu doesn't change his mind. God doesn't like change his mind and say, oh, now he's angry because he's... The Ramban says something very important, and this comes to the crux to the center of the difference between Bilam and Lahavdal Moshe Rabbeinu's approach. Bilam should have said to the Shluchim, says the Ramban, he should have said to these messengers, again, you want me to come with you, I'm just telling you, I'm coming with you to bless them. You want me to come with you to curse? I am not going to come with you to curse them. I'm coming with you to bless them, as Hashem said. And indeed, that's what happens later on. He kept, he blesses them, and Balak says, "What are you doing? I hired you to curse them. You're blessing them." And he says, "I can only say what God says." But in this moment, at this point in time, as he's going, he doesn't say that to them. They wouldn't have had him come if he would have said this. It's clear the Ramban says that that Bilam was desperate to go with them. He wanted to go. He wanted the honor, maybe, or he wanted... It's not clear exactly why he was planning to go, if, if he knew he was going to end up blessing the Jewish people. But he wanted to go, and he didn't say at this moment that God is going to... Again, he didn't repeat that God is going to bless the Jewish people through me. And he made it... It was a chil Hashem, says the Ramban. It was, it was a uh, desecration of God's name, because... It looked like as if Hashem had changed his mind and said, yeah, you can do whatever you want, heaven forbid. But that's not the truth. And in his going with them at that moment and leaving a moment where they thought that Hashem would allow him to curse the Jewish people, that in itself was what made HaKadosh Baruch Hu angry, what made Hashem upset. Leaving for a moment that kind of chil Hashem even though ultimately he's, he's going to bless them. He's going to bless the Jewish people. But leaving it possible in their minds to think that there's going to be a klala heaven forbid, a curse, that was what Hashem was so upset about with regards to Bilam. So it's a very fine, nuanced approach that the Ramban takes as to what was the problem with Bilam, what was, what was he doing wrong. But what you see is once again, and I'll point this out again because it's so important that Bilam is going, it's a time of din, it's a time of judgment for the people of Moab. It's a time of judgment for the people of the Jewish people, for the people of Israel. We're, we're entering a new phase. And in that phase, there's a deeper 
din. There's a deeper looking. HaKadosh Baruch Hu looks at us in a different way. And we need to be careful. We need to know. We need to know what's going on with ourselves. We need to recognize, am I causing a Chil Hashem? Bilam was not careful about the Chil Hashem, and that's what made Hashem upset. Moshe Rabbeinu, again, looking at Moshe and his carefulness, maybe we've done something wrong, maybe we weren't careful enough about Chil Hashem, maybe we were not careful enough about not doing an Avera, about doing a sin. Maybe we did something wrong, maybe they have some merit that we don't have. That's Moshe Rabbeinu's approach. And that is the difference between a Bilam and Lahavdil, Amisha Rabbeinu. That's the difference between the way the the way that the Umos Ha'olam, the way that the nations of the world approach things, and the way that the Jewish people need to approach things. We need to look at ourselves, and we need to to be honest with ourselves, and we need to say, where am I doing something wrong? Where am I Chasvashal making a Chil Hashem? Am I not sanctifying God's name? Am I desecrating God's name? I need to watch out for that. I need to be looking for that, and I need. As the Jewish people did, I need to be looking for merits, whether it's by learning from our great tzaddikim, as we said, the righteous people, or whether it's by looking for mitzvahs, commandments that we can perform. But either way, if we want to come into a new time, a time of Mashiach, of the Messiah, if we want to get to that place, we need to know the right approach to be able to traverse the difficult road between here and there. So I want to bless you and I ask you to bless me. Hashem should help us to recognize and learn from the mistake of Abilam and from the approach, the correct approach of Amosha Rabbeinu. Hashem should help us to be able to have the merits that we need to learn from those we need to learn from, to collect those mitzvahs so that indeed we'll be able to greet, to greet Hashem's kingdom as Hashem brings His base HaMikdash into the world. Amen. Thank you so much for listening. Have a wonderful Shabbos. This podcast was made possible through the gracious donations of listeners like you. For more podcasts like this, please visit www.arigoldwag.com or search on iTunes, Ari Goldwag.